Wow. Okay. Praise the Lord, Grandpa. Uh, you have a word of wisdom for us. Uh, not a wisdom, but that is uh, my prayer. Okay. Uh, to everyone. Uh, today we pray the Lord for uh, the, our endurance. Because in the Luke, in Luke uh, twenty-one, in verse seventeen, God said. You will be hated by all my name's sake, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your life. That is God teaching us, reminding us to endure in this time. Uh, Recently, we are every American and the people around the world was waiting for the election in the United States. And many people was intense and disappointed because of the losing of the Trump election. And people, 100,000 people get out of the house and go to the street to pray for him. And people are singing and praying. Even some people kneeling down on the street to pray. But how come our prayers never didn't seem to have the answer from God? And a lot of people are getting uh, angry and disappointed and uh, give up hope. So it's a thing we have to have a good understanding on that thing. The reason we're praying for, not for us, Sometimes we're praying because we want God to do something for us. That's because we, our, our, our wish to have this one, have this thing, everything was for us. But uh, nobody say anything. Anything we're praying something for God. Like as we, we remember in the wedding uh, feast in Cana, when Mary was praying and talked to God, that they are running out of uh, out drink. And God, it's not my time yet. So in the same thing, I think that God will do the same in this time. Yeah, we have to wait for the God timing. The God time is not coming yet. So in order to have the answer from God, we have to be patient. And like I read there, Luke 21, verse 17 said, we have to endure. God knows everything, God knows what we want, and God knows what is going on. Yeah, even the hair on the head, God knows. 
that is we have to be patient because God's time is coming. And second thing, in order to get the answer from God, we have to recognize ourselves, who we are. Yes, what what happened in the world? What happened to the people in the down? What happened to the you know, everyone in, in the life? That's the first thing we have to recognize. We are, what we are doing now. Yeah. Recognize that. Yeah, a lot of people they don't know themselves. They just like a kid. One this, one that. Right away, you have no patience. And if you don't have it, they do crying and have a tantrum and uh, complain. Those thing, first thing you have to do is uh, check yourself, what we are, how we are, what we are doing. And then second thing, we have to change to to do whatever God wants you to do. If you pray and you don't do it, it doesn't go anywhere. If you don't change, you never get God's answer. So that's why we have to pray harder and we have to recognize ourselves and we have to change and make the world changing together. Then you will see God answer. That's my um, opinion on the situation happened right now. So we have to pray harder and God will answer us. Amen. 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 Yep, definitely when something is bigger than ourselves, it's happening. Uh, I, I believe that prayer is the only thing that will help. Um, I mean, it's not the only thing, but it's one of the big things that will help because only the hand of God can deal with the big things, especially on a, a national or international level, right? So we should, when we pray, then we have peace. If we don't pray, we don't have peace, Right? You know, because when we pray, we feel like we know and we have the peace that God is going to do something about it. Because if we don't pray, then, you know, we feel vulnerable and helpless because we're not reaching out to God and, and, and change is happening. And we don't know how to handle that. And that's what the world is happening to the world is they are afraid and they're scared. They're hurt and disappointed. But at the end of the day, we are not hurt. We are disappointed, but we're not hurt. We're not scared. We're not afraid. Because we pray to God and he will protect us. He knows what he's going to do. Uh, and he's in control, not Biden. God is in control. He hasn't left the throne. Amen. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Until you have a word for us today? Okay, uh, I just, I just, uh, I've been thinking that, uh, yes, indeed, we are living in the, 
in the last days uh, last days yes exactly and uh, if by god's grace he grants us another four years that's uh, that would be ideal but it's inevitable it will come the 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 now or later it will yeah. come yeah so we have to prepare our heart and our mind and focus and fix our eyes on god and draw ourselves um near to him every day and pray for his will be done in our life and um do the best we can to live according to his will and his purpose for us in on this earth you know um at the end of the day nothing re else really matters except except for for our souls right we want to go home to heaven and not uh, end up somewhere else yeah and uh and that's uh, our ultimate goal and uh, our i think our um, mission here on earth god put, puts us here to reach out to as many people around us as possible by bringing them to god and uh, living as an example Amen. Uh, we should leave, um, and that's that's the that is the most effective way of leading people to God. Of uh, how we live our life, how we conduct ourselves. Mm -hmm. We can talk a lot, good words. Every one of us can do that, but our actions will tell a lot. Mm -hmm. People actually don't um people actually see uh believe more when they see how we, we act and how we conduct ourselves mm -hmm. our actions speak louder than words amen yeah so um that's a, i have been struggling with all these all these days it has been hard to see whatever is going on around us but we can, we we cannot lose hope. Keep on praying, interceding. God will win at the end. But we will pray for His will be done on Amen. earth as it is in heaven. If His time to come tomorrow, we better be ready. Yeah. Things are getting harder for us. Things are yeah. So we have to. We have to um, be there for each other, support each other, and pray for each other. Amen. And we have to unite. This is the time for us to, um, to stand together. Together we are stronger. Yeah. This, exactly. is the, this is not one man army. That's it's right. teamwork. Okay. This is not a Trump army, okay? This is a yep. Jesus army. Yes, it is. It is. So that's why, like, whatever is God will, God may God will be done. Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right. I want to say um, this about us. In mm -hmm. Isaiah chapter 2. Yeah. 
it says about the church. Yeah. When it talks about the church, it's talking about you and me. Okay. Isaiah chapter 2, verse, uh, verse 2. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days. This is written by Isaiah. This is more than 2,000 years ago. Okay. That it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above all the hills. And the nation shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God, the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and, he, and we shall walk in his path. Amen? Amen. Amen. Talking, this is a talking about the world. The world, because the world doesn't know anything about God, okay? But things are happening in the world that will push them to go to the mountain of God and seek God. And they will say to you, and they will say to me, teach us, teach us the ways of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Because the, the world is going to go through dark times, just as we are. We're all going to go through dark times. We are all going to go through our valleys, the valleys of, of, of death, the valley of destruction, the valley of depression and despair. We are all going through that. But God is us, and we are going through that journey as well with them. Okay. And they're going to look at you, and they're going to look at me, and they're going to say, how do you handle that? How did you make it through that, that, that awful times? How did, what is it that will help you go through that dark times, that troubled times? And then we're going to have an answer for them. They're going to find hope in us. They're going to see that the word, our words are going to be the words of encouragement that will build faith so that they too can be strong, right? You know, when we go through hard times, God is teaching us and he's putting our faith on notice, okay? And so, you know, I just want to remind you that, that you know, whatever that, that we're going through today and tomorrow, is God is challenging our faith. Our faith needs to go to the next level. Because the faith of yesterday might not be good enough for the faith that we need today because our troubles are never ending. You know, yesterday you may face Goliath, but today you face another Goliath that's different, a different enemy, you know? You know, before they were facing SARS and now they're facing COVID. They don't know how to handle these things, right? So we need to learn the ways of God so we can teach it to other people. And that's not just my job, okay? It's, it's everyone's job here because there's nothing else out there. 
there's there's no teachings out there that will help us cope with the changing times you know the the, the things that's driving the election is fear people are afraid of covid and they feel like you know Trump didn't do a good job so they want somebody else they want somebody else to to do a better job we don't know but the, you know even in in alberta you know people are in fear if you don't believe in god you're in fear no one's going to help us right so uh, you know fear drives a lot of policies in the government but we are not led by fear we are led by faith and so today god god is gonna be speaking to you and uh, and we need to realize that we need to allow him to build our faith okay we need faith for tomorrow we need faith for today and we need faith for tomorrow yesterday's victory is yesterday but today the enemy has different strategies and, and the enemy is very smart but god's way is better god is way smarter and it's our faith in god that's going to help us through these dark days and jesus says in matthew 24 that dark days are coming and 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 you know will he find us faithful or full of faith when jesus come like a thief in the night will he find us faithful or you know, will he find us you know all scattered like a sheep without a shepherd you know so faith will build us and faith will make us strong and um and so today i um, i want to talk about um um someone that we can learn from and um and uh, I just want to, you know, build you up. Can, can you, you know, will you allow me to build you up with the word of God? Will you allow yourself to, will you allow the word of God to build you up? You know, it, it takes permission. Because, you know, nothing can be done in your life without your permission. And so allow the word of God, give him permission to, to operate in your heart and, and transform you, okay? Because it's time for us to go farther and higher. And, and only God can do that. And, and, and me, I'm just encouraging you. I'm just a vessel to, to cheer you on, to, to uh, you know, bring you the word of God so that, that your lives are transformed. It's about a transformed life, okay? Will you allow God to do that today? Amen. Dummy, will you allow God to do that? Yeah. Right on, girl. Justin, will you allow God to transform you? Justin? Okay, he's tuning out. And Tom, and Chow. Will you allow God to transform you today? Amen? He's tuning out. <laughs> he says yes. It looks like he says yes. You know, whatever that God is doing in our lives, 
you know, it has to go through us and, and, and we have to give God permission. God is a perfect gentleman and he would never impose his way upon us. It's up to us to impose ourselves on his way. We need to, to embrace the way of God, right? Um, you know, we, we have a lot of barriers, a lot of, uh, you know, things to work against. And so today we're allowing the word of God to transform us, okay? And we're going to walk in that way. Is that okay with everyone? Yes. Hallelujah. So today we're going to talk. Um, the topic of today is called Speak a Word. Speak a Word. Everybody say, Speak a Word. Speak, speak a, a word. word. Yeah. Lord, speak a word to me. Speak a word. Speak a word to me. Your word. Okay. It's not Joe's word. Your word. Okay. I need to hear from you today. And, and I don't need to hear a lot of words. I just need to hear one word. One word that will change my life. And one word that will change someone's life here today. And this is my prayer today. Is that when you listen to... Um, the sermon, that one word will jump out to you and it becomes a rhema word. It becomes alive and active and it speaks to your soul and you know that it is God, okay? And that word has the power to change us, to deliver us, to free us, to strengthen us, to encourage us, and to guide us. And that word is for you today. Amen? Amen. Amen. So if you have your Bible, you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. Shaka. Uh, verse 5. And this is a, the story of the Roman centurion. Um... Antu, would you like to read us for us? Or Juliana, maybe we'll, we'll use Juliana. Juliana, can you read Matthew chapter 8, verse 5 to 14? Okay, hold on. Oh, sorry, verse 5 to 13. Sorry, I'm too slow. It's okay. We got to give the little kids a chance, right? Of course, that's, I totally agree. We, Matthew we like, chapter what? Um, Matthew chapter 8. We need everybody's particip uh, participations today. The whole chapter? Uh, verse 5 to 13. Okay. Jesus heals a centurion servant. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go. And he goes and go to and to another come. 
and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Amen. 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 Thank, thank you, Juliana. That was amazing. Okay, so let's, uh, we're going to talk about this Roman centurion that Jesus had great words for him. And we're going to learn from this centurion because his life, his situation, his circumstances, uh, and what he's going through can help us us go through our circumstances. Amen? Yeah. So it, first thing it says that um, in verse 5, that a centurion came to Jesus and pleaded with Jesus. So what is, uh, who is this centurion? And what kind of person is he? And uh, the first thing I want to talk to you about is, is um, he's a Roman centurion. Okay, so a Roman centurion, according to scripture, is a heathen. Okay, and here is, and he's not just a, a Roman soldier, but he is a commander. A centurion has leadership and he gives orders. And here is this guy who is, doesn't even go to church. Probably haven't said, never said a prayer in his life know nothing about the scripture and yet he and yet jesus said what did jesus said as surely i say to you in verse 10 i have not found such great faith not even in israel you know what god is looking for people of faith god is looking for faith today Okay, and not, you know, and he, there are people that have faith. There are people that have little faith. And there are people that have great faith. And um, anybody, you know, it doesn't matter where your faith is right now. But God is encouraging you to have greater faith. Okay, and this Roman soldier, for whatever reason, and we're going to, you know, we're going to, look at that a little bit deeper, has great faith. Amen? Amen. The first thing that he says, that he did is he came looking for Jesus. And he pleaded with Jesus. And you have to understand, this is a Roman centurion. This is a Roman soldier. You know, like I said, he's a heathen. And yet he's coming to seek a Jew. Jesus is a Jew. Okay, what does a Roman centurion have to do with a Jew? Because they, Romans people do not look at Jews like normal people. Imagine Hitler looking at the Jews. That's how the Romans see Jews. 
they see Jewish people as less than people. As long as they serve, these Jewish people serve a useful purpose, they will keep them as slaves, as servants, right? But that, yet the, there is something different about this Roman centurion. He occupied a certain rank. And among all his peers, you know, he has a status, okay? And yet here he is running after Jesus and even pleading with him. What am I trying to say here? Is this Roman centurion must care about his servant enough to do this, right? You know, he has a servant who must be a very special servant to do this because what he's doing is he's putting himself out there. He's putting his status, his, his uh, Roman citizenship, his honor, his leadership, okay, among all his peers, okay, and people are looking at him, wading through the crowd, and looking for Jesus, okay? And you know his friends are gonna say, like, what the heck are you doing? Why are you even talking to this man, right? Why are you even begging this man? Because it says that the Roman centurion pleaded with Jesus. You know, no self-respecting Romans will put himself beneath a Jew. But that's what he's doing. He's putting himself beneath a Jew. Okay? This conversation sounds like a racist because, you know, it sounds very racist. But, you know, you have to see yourself 2,000 years ago. You have to see yourself as a Roman. Okay? And, and they don't see other people like like equal they don't see themselves as brothers and sisters or fellow citizens they, they see these jews as 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 less than than people okay yes there's prejudice yes there's racism in those days they don't care about the jew you're if you're a jew you're a slave to the romans right but yet this roman centurion care enough for his servant who's at home, paralyzed and tormented. In verse eight, it says, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed and dreadfully tormented. So, but you know what? What can we learn from this? What can we learn from this Roman centurion in verse um, five and verse six is the fact that, you know what? you have to have compassion and care for those around you. And sometimes to care for other people, you have to go against the prevailing mindset, okay? You have to put down your status. Who cares about me being a Roman? Who cares about me being a centurion? I don't care what people say about me. You know, you could be, you know, the prime minister or the president but you see a person in your household, you know, a staff, a homeless person on the street, 
Will you take the time to go and intervene on their behalf? Right? Sometimes you have to push against what people think about you. You know what people think about the centurion? The guy has lost his mind. Like, why is he talking to, why is he talking to Jesus? He's a Jew. You should go see somebody, you know, higher rank, right? You know, so sometimes in order for you to help someone, and I'm going to say this, in order for you to go and help someone, you have to surrender and lower yourself down a little bit and even lower, okay? And you have to forget about what people think about you. I don't, you know, don't, don't care about that. Because why? Because you care for that particular person. Because that particular person that may, may not be valuable, may not be important in the eyes of other people. But that person is important to the eyes of God. How we treat one another is how we see each other and how we see people around us. If you see somebody that is uh, neglected, somebody that's different than you, uh, somebody that's, okay, like the poor, if you see somebody from a different race, a different culture, right will you allow yourself to go beyond your status will you lower your status to go and reach out to them because that's very important for you to understand because you know we live in a society now where you know my status is important how people see me as an important individual is important I would not lower myself, you know, to, to go and help these people, okay? What would my friends say? What will my family say when they find me sitting and drinking with sinners? What would my friends say, my family say when I'm, I'm uh, sitting with, with drunkards and, and, and addicts, right? What would my friends say if I sit down with, with prostitutes, uh, you know, or what would my friend say if I sat with a person of a different color? God, none of those things matter to God. What matter is will you allow God to use you so that you can come and help this person? In Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 to 4, it says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. So when you come to people, people that are in your lives, you know, you know your status, you know, as a, a, a boss, your status as a, um, you know, as a, you know, a, a CEO or an owner of uh, a company or your, your status of as a, a white man or something, none of those really matter in the eyes of God. You know, status as a pastor doesn't mean that, you know, 
you you boss everybody, right? But will you allow yourself to sit with the poor? Will you allow to sit with the sinners? Because that's what Jesus would have done. You know, he would have sit with the woman at the well. You know, he would allow himself to sit with tax collectors and prostitutes and sinners. So, you know, that's true religion. Is for us to allow ourselves to, to clothe in the, in the garment of humility. You know, we can sit in church and say, oh, I love the poor. Well, if you love the poor, what are you going to do about that? Are you just going to, you know, pay lip service and say, you know, I'll just give a few dollars here and there. Or will you even allow yourself to sit and eat with them, right? True humility is not just lip service. True humility is heart service. Even in our own family, you know, just because you are the man of the house, that means you get to boss everybody, right? Just because you are Christian, that doesn't mean that you know everything. It's okay to sit down with somebody that have a different opinions about you politically. It's okay to sit with people that may disagree with you, right? Why? Because you, you really sincerely care about them. Even though, you know, you know Don Lemon, you know, he says, I gotta, I gotta, you know, uh, uh, you know, distance myself from all the, my Republican friends. You know, uh, people in, in my family, you know, they're conservative. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay away from them. But, you know, that's, that's the world way. They, they don't want to be united in that way because they, people have different perspectives. But, you know, it's okay to allow yourself to, to engage in conversation with people that are different, people that are of a lower caste, people that are not even Christian. Will you allow yourself to do that? Will you allow yourself to sit with them, right? You know, um, it's important that you do that because God wants you, God has a plan to, to use you to speak into their lives, right? But, but you, you know, if you say to God, you know, we, he, that person is not a, a Democrat, so I'm not going to talk to them. I'm a, I'm a Republican. I don't talk to re Democrats. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know, I'm a Christian. I don't talk to a Muslim. Right? So this Roman centurion, first of all, is very humble. He's humble because he allowed, he did not allow his, his status, his citizenship as a Roman to come and seek Jesus, who's a Jew. And I'm going to tell you, the servant that he's interceding for, the servant in his house is paralyzed and tormented. That servant, I guarantee you, is not a Roman centurion. Is not a Roman. He is a Jew. I repeat, his servant in his house who is sick and paralyzed is a Jew. So he, a Roman went above and beyond to help his Jew servant, Jewish servant. We have to understand this. 
because too many people are sitting in their, their churches and singing praises, hallelujah, but they're not allowing God to use them to go and reach out into the community where they're going to discover that there's people that have, you know, many, many issues, mental issues, um, uh, physical issues, uh, people that may have different philosophies, different religion, uh, you know, um, even gangsters, right? So we have to go and sit down with them. Not, not in the church. Nobody's going to come to church. You have to bring church to them. Okay? And, and you bring to them humility. You don't bring to them your fancy preaching. Okay? So clothe yourself in the humility of Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Galatians 6 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Okay? So it doesn't matter where people's faith are. You know, even if they have a small amount of faith in Jesus, go to them, encourage them, and strengthen them right? Draw them closer to Jesus, because that's what Jesus saw in this Roman centurion. You know why Jesus marveled at this Roman centurion? This is one of the reasons, is he's humble. Now, we have to think, it is possible that this Roman centurion knew nothing about Jesus. Okay, so how did he hear about Jesus? Why did he start Jesus out? And I'm going to tell you how or why. It is possible that the servant who's paralyzed and tormented at home was witnessing to this Roman centurion. This servant who is sick and paralyzed is a believer. And he is serving this Roman. And throughout that time, he's been talking to this Roman centurion about Jesus. And he's, gonna, he, he's been telling this Roman centurion about the work of God and all the miracles that Jesus has done. And so much so that when, when the Roman centurion went to see Jesus, he says, Lord. Well, what kind of Roman centurion would say that to a Jewish person? Right? I believe that through the witnessing of the sick servant, the paralyzed servant, he came to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. You know, you may be serving God, and you may be serving God in a way that you're witnessing to people, right? And you're making friendship with people around you. And you're telling them about Jesus. And in the process of time, you fall sick. You became sick. You became paralyzed. Okay. And I'm going to tell you, not just physical sickness, but mental sickness. 
um, you may be paralyzed for many reasons, right? You could become uh, tormented because of many issues. People have been abusing you and treating you very badly, okay? But it doesn't matter, you are faithful and you continue the work that God has started in your heart, in your life. And you're ministering to the, this, this Roman centurion. The lesson that I want to tell you, the next lesson I want to say is the, what you sow in the lives of people, when you're sowing faith in their lives, that faith will come back to you. And it's going to heal you, and it's going to rescue you, and it's going to deliver you. What do I mean by that? You know, you're faithful to God, and you're doing all that he asked you to do. Yet, things in your life happen that makes you paralyzed, that makes you depressed, oppressed, tormented. Okay? But the work that you have sown in the kingdom of God... Like this servant in the household of the centurion, that work that you've done in his life, the words that you've sown in his life, the faith that you've sown in his life, that faith went with this Roman centurion and it came back to you. It came back to you in that very hour. You are healed. Let this be a prophetic word to you and encouragement to you that God has not forgotten about you. That whatever that you sow, it will come back to you. That you will reap what you sow. Amen? Amen. Amen. I want to say that, you know, in Second Corinthians, it says, for the love of Christ compel us because we judge thus that the one who died for all, then all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. The key word today is Jesus died for us. And so we ought to lay down our lives for God and for each other. That we don't no longer live for ourselves anymore. Okay? The work that God is doing in our lives and so that we can display the love of God in our life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Verse 7, it says, Jesus came to say, I will come and heal him. It's not a question of if Jesus is going to heal. God will heal you sooner or later. And God will come to you. You know, for some of you, if you're waiting for God to heal you and deliver you, God says, I will come. Let this be a prophetic, uh, a rhema word for you today. That he will come and heal you. Whether you're, you're in a place where you're paralyzed, mentally, physically, 
emotionally, whether you're um, tormented, oppressed, God says that he will come and heal you. The centurion answered, verse 8, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant shall be healed. You know, this, this Roman centurion says, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. You know, when, you know what Jesus is thinking about that? When he hears the Roman centurion said that, he says, you're right. You are not worthy for me. You know, none of you are worthy. None of us are worthy for Jesus to come under our roof. You know, it's not the fancy things that we did for God or, or how righteous we are. You know, in Isaiah 64, it says we are all like unclean things. All our righteousness are like filthy rags. You know, in, from the perspective of heaven, we are all unclean. And we don't deserve God to be in, in our midst. But God is saying, you know what? It's not about you. It's not about your righteousness. It's not how about how good you are and how amazing you are. It's about how amazing he is and how much he loves us. That rich is his mercy toward us. And that he's, you know, that his grace is abundant toward us. And so it's, even though we're not worthy, God says, I'm going to still come to you anyway. I want to be with you. And I, I just don't want to, I don't want to just be under your roof. I want to be in your heart. That is the intention of God today. Yes, we're not worthy for God to come in our midst. None of us are worthy, right? None of us deserve his goodness and his love. But, you know, God is so merciful and so kind and loving toward us that despite the flaws, despite our uncleansiness, he still sit among us and say, you know what, I'm going to come inside of you. Will you allow me to come into your life today and help clean up the mess? Will you do that? Will you allow God to come under your roof? Will you allow God to come into your heart and Amen. give him permission to work in your heart, in your life, to start cleaning up? Okay? Amen. If you do Amen. that, he will help you, right? You know, none of us are special, but in his eyes, we are special. You know, we, we sometimes we are so proudful of ourselves, how good I am, how awesome I am, how amazing, how handsome, how beautiful I am, how rich I am. Look at how many, how much money I gave to the poor. To God, none of those things matter. But to, to God, you know, all of us are so precious in his eyes. And you know what? He sees you paralyzed. He sees you oppressed. And he wants to come into your life and he wants to set you free. 
So for, for God, it's a yes. It's not a, a matter of if God will come into your life. He will come into your life. And he will do a work in your life to heal you and deliver you. Amen? Amen. Here's another key that we can learn from the Roman centurion. This is very important key. Verse 9. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he will do that. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. I'm going to say this. Have you done anything? Have you said anything that marveled God? Huh? But yet this Roman centurion, this heathen, said something to Jesus that blow Jesus out of the water. You know, Jesus was like, wow, amazing. <laughs> Reach it, brother. And you know what he said? I am a man under authority. You know, Jesus recognized that because Jesus himself is a man under authority. And then this is something that we can learn in the days to come. And we have to learn that we ourselves are people under authority. Are you under authority? Yeah. Or, you are, or are you your own authority? You know, people think, oh, I'm the boss here. Everybody thinks they're the boss, right? You know, do, I do what I want. Nobody tell me what to do, okay? That's not under authority. Hello? Okay? I am a man under authority. When you work for someone, you are under their authority. When you're in the church, you are under the authority of your pastor. You know, when you're a Christian, you are under the authority of God, of the word of God. You are not your own. If God tells you to go here, you go. If God tells you to do this, you do that, right? Obedience is very important. You built your spiritual house by obedience. When God says to feed the poor, feed my sheep, love one another as I have loved you, turn the other cheek, forgive, give the shirt off your back, Give God an offering. Gives your tithe an offering. You obey. Now, if you're going to wrestle with God, what does that say about you? You're not, a, you're not an obedient soldier. You're, you're debating God. You're fighting with God. Right? You know, the Roman centurion, he was elevated to the rank of commanding, of command. You know, if you're faithful in obeying the little things, God will, will reward you, right? You know, through, through the word and the commands of God that you submit yourself under, God will see your faithfulness. He will see that you're submitting to him and he will elevate you. He will elevate your faith. He will elevate your position and your circumstances. Sometimes you ask yourself, why, I, why am I still... In grade one, why am I still repeating grade two? Why am I still here? 
is because you haven't learned to surrender. You have not learned to submit and obey, right? You know, you can tell a lot about people when you're talking to them. And Jesus know about the centurion and he understands the centurion and he even marveled at, at the centurion. You have to understand he wasn't just a centurion one day. Oh, you're so awesome, you're a centurion. No, the centurion soldier rose through the bank. He started out as a private, okay? And he proved himself faithful to his commanding officers. He was faithful in the little things, about obeying the little things. And then when the commanding officers see his faithfulness, they say, well, you know, today you become a lieutenant, right? As he continued to be obedient and faithful, then he rose to the rank of a colonel and then lieutenant colonel and then general and then centurion. Does that make sense? In your workplace, when you're faithful, God will put you in charge to become the manager, right? That's how it works in the kingdom of God. And so your obedience and faithfulness and your submission to authority will, you, will allow you to understand the scripture, will you allow you to understand the power of God. And it will allow you to operate in the power of God. Obedience and faith equals power. You know, you don't just give a child the key to your car, okay? Because he, he hasn't learned how to, to handle power yet. He has to be trained. And so where we are today is we need to learn to be faithful because once we become faithful, God will give you the key to the Ferrari, right? So the centurion, Jesus under, understood the faith of the, the centurion and is directly connected to understanding authority. Look around you today. Are you, are you under authority? Yeah. Argue with the police. Do you, do you um, criticize your government, right? Do you belittle them? You, uh, you know, yeah, they may have done things that you don't agree with, but you don't call them, you know, uh, names. And I, I've seen Christian calling prime minister names, and uh, it's, it's wrong to do that. You know, if we don't agree with them, pray for them. Bless them. But we don't call them names, right? You know, when I hear Christian calling leaders names, I grieve in my heart. And it must grieve the heart of God, right? And, 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 and so why should God reward your faith if you don't understand and submit to authority? Why should he reward you? Why should he reward you with power? Why should he reward you with answered prayers? If, if, if this is your attitude toward your president or your prime minister, right? You know, 
I, I, I hear um, people talk about their pastors, you know, and, and, and it's not right to, to speak about your leaders behind their back, you know. But if you have, an, uh, if you understood and submit to them, even to the smallest details, your prayers will not go unnoticed. Jesus will come and he will answer you. People in the world, like the Roman centurion, they have not been trained in the ways of uh, the, the, the scripture. They have not been trained in the religious teachings. But sometimes we can learn from them, right? We can learn a lot from the world. And that's why Jesus said, but many come from the east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom, Jesus is talking about those people that, that are raised in, in, in Christianity. People that have been to church for 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years, right? And yet these people, but the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into the outer darkness and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. God wants us to cha challenge us today in our faith, okay? And our faith is, is really being challenged when we're putting them in a situation where do you submit to your authority? Even in, in your relationship at home, do you submit it to your husband? And do you, you submit to, uh, you know, uh, to one another in the love of Christ? In the workplace, do you submit to your boss, to those uh, supervisors, right? And you do what they ask you to do, despite everything. You have to do what they ask you to do, okay? You know, as a citizen of this country, are you obeying the laws? Or are you grumbling and complaining about how things are, right? So we have to submit to all authorities. When Dr. Hinshaw goes on the 660 news at, uh, at three o'clock, you know, people think that she's trying to control everybody. You know, uh, they ask people to, um, you know, um, use the, um, you know, the app on the phone. And then, uh, and I said, you know, you know, they have an app to, to trace COVID, right? And so I shared on, on Facebook to, uh, to people saying that, you know what, we should, we should install the app. And, uh, you know, so the app can work to help the government curb uh, COVID, right? And then this, this Christian friend of mine said, well, no, I, I don't want my privacy to be uh, violated or something like that. You know, it just goes to show you that there are a lot of Christians out there that, uh, that are worried about government intrusions into their privacy. Uh, and you know what, there is, you know, to some degree that is true. But I have to tell you though, you know, we are looking out to help one another, you know, go past this COVID crisis. And the only way we can get past it is to work together, 
you know, you look at Vietnam and, and, and Asia, you know, cases of COVID are much lower than, than here in, in uh, the West. It's because they learn to work with one another. They cooperated with the government to, to become, you know, COVID-free, right? And so, you know, I mean, you know, there are things that the government does that, that we don't agree with. And I, uh, you know, I recognize that, you know, things about abortions and stuff like that. I don't agree. But, you know, when it comes to these things such as COVID, we can learn to cooperate with the government. Even paying taxes is cooperating with the government, right? But, you know, many people go out of their way to cheat the system. And so we don't want to do that. And that's about submitting to authority. If you can't submit to uh, the, the authority that God put over your life, how do you expect your prayer, God to answer your prayers? Would, you know, it just doesn't make sense, right? So great is your faith has much to do with your obedience to authority. If, that, if I could leave you with that today, um, uh, that's all I have to say, really. Um, does anybody have any questions? I have, questions? A, question. I yes. have a question. Yes, sir. How about the, the bad authority, bad government, bad people? Okay. That's a good question, uh, Grandpa. It's like, so when the government is asking you to commit an offense that is contrary to the word of God, okay, so let's say the government tells you to, um, um, you know, uh, beat up your neighbor. Okay. Um, what, if, what if the government tells you to um, um, report your neighbor or do bad things to your neighbor, right? Um, or kill innocent children. Okay. So in that case, what does Paul, uh, Peter said, uh, Peter and John says, you know, we must obey God rather than men. Okay, here's a good question, though. Here's a more realistic one. Remember, in Oregon, they had that uh, cake maker, and the, gov yes. um, the cake maker didn't want to give a cake to the gay couple. Right? Yeah. And the government said, oh, well, you have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do so, you think? So then it, it goes back to, to God speaking to you. God says that it is better to obey God. You don't want to spread the message that is contrary to your belief, right? You know, the government is trying to impose their belief and, and, and brings you to, uh, into their wicked ways. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you have to exercise your, your freedom of religion and beliefs. And so you have to obey God and to obey man. That means that even if you go to jail and they fine you, uh, you're going to be persecuted, Jesus said. So in that case, it's better to obey God than to obey man. So you have permission to disobey the government. But then, you know, when it comes to things like, you know, um, respecting the, the speed limit, of course, you want to obey that because God says to, to, uh, to obey authorities in your life. Right. Any other questions? So that means we don't obey completely uh, the authority. Anything good 
like a God say we will follow. Yes. Take something bad, we have to against it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, you know, if the government, you know, agree with gay marriage and, and, and we, the Bible doesn't agree with gay marriage, then right. we have to, you know, uh, disagree, agree to disagree, right? But, yeah. you know, we still have to love these people. You know, they, they haven't have the revelation of God. And, mm -hmm. and so they don't understand why God says and, uh, you know, come out against them. But, you know, we, you know, we're not here to hate people. We're here to draw people to Jesus, even, even people that, the worldly people, right? And so yeah. there are things about this world that, that, that there, it's wicked. And we have to help the wicked um, with humility and love to understand that this is not God's will and not God's way. And if they choose to ignore that, then, then you know, Paul, Paul or Jesus says, shake the, sa the sand off your sandals and just move on, right? But we are called to be a light and a beacon to this dark world. Mm -hmm. And in the latter days, the people will flock to the mountain of God and they will flock to you. They will say something about you. Something about you is amazing. Something about you that's radiating. Right, mm -hmm. and, yeah. um, and, and, and you can tell them why. Right? This Roman centurion is radiating the, the faith and the, 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 the love, the humility of God that, that many Christians don't even have. I'm sorry yeah. to say, I'm sorry to say that this centurion is more of a Christian than, than Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. Jesus was speaking this in the presence of his disciple, okay? And, and he was more marveled at the centurion because of his faith than Peter, than Luke, John. You know what I'm saying? The, the 12 disciples. Yeah. Right? So we can learn from this thing that, you know, it's, it's our submission to authority that is going to be the key to God working in in the lives of your in the life in your life and in your prayers God will answer your prayer he will answer the servant that is sick and paralyzed physically spiritually mentally emotionally God's going to answer that guarantee amen. because of you right amen yeah amen uh, so I just want to thank you for um um you know tuning at this hour kids and and uh, family and friends and mm -hmm. i just want to appreciate you guys that god has great and amazing things for you and and i, I want to see that okay i want you to experience that and see that in your life you're everybody say i'm going higher i'm going higher i'm going farther going farther my joy and my peace is my portion. My joy, my joy and my peace is my portion. Yeah. You know, next time this week, I want to see God radiating in your life, right? No more dealing with trivial things because it's time for us to, to leave the elementary things, you know, leave those element things alone. It's time for you to go to the next level. Amen. Okay, no more complaining and grumbling. You know, mm -hmm. everything that happens in our life is God is challenging our submission to His Word 
and he's challenging our faith because he's he's pulling he he's growing our faith faith doesn't grow when things go easy yeah hello faith grow when things are going hard and difficult because god is teaching us something okay amen amen let me pray for you heavenly father i just thank you lord for my brother and sister and my children my family i just thank you lord for for each one who are here today lord that your word would encourage them and correct them that your word would guide them and comfort them and i just thank you lord that you speak a word into their life today if anything that they they hear me say father god let it be just the one word father god they don't need to remember everything that i said today but just one rhema word one word that is alive one word that is powerful and sharper than any two uh, two-edged sword father god a word that is able to rescue us and and save us oh god so i pray father god that word find a place in our heart today that we can build on those words on that word father god that our lives count for eternity everything that we do today father god because of your word and i thank you lord that you're taking us somewhere higher and that you're doing a great work in us oh god and preparing us lord for for the days to come so i thank you lord for your living word living word powerful word that feed us today help us grow in the spirit we thank you in jesus mighty name amen amen, amen. amen. thank you guys thank you. Thank, you. thank you for the questions have a great week if you have questions just just save it for next week you know i i would love it write down the questions and I, I will answer it to the best of my abilities Okay. Amen. Okay. Thank, Thank you, you for tuning in. Have a great week.